events, personal values, political and social issues, technology, wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. The world is pressing Israel to stop defending herself, so we'll tell you what Israel has to say about that. The wars and rumors of wars of Matthew 24 are in full bloom, and budding on the tree of apostasy is Pope Francis. The only thing rivaling his comments might be the comments from Bill Gates. We'll discuss those articles plus others as we explore the signs of the times. It's our weekly review of Bible prophecies in the world's news for Friday, January 19th, 2024. This world is covered in craziness, so let our sponsor, Bob Johnson Insurance, a full-service independent agency featuring Erie Insurance products, cover you with the right policy for your needs. For a no-obligation quote, you can contact them by phone at 865-922-3111 or visit them online at bobjohnsonins.com. The world seems out of control, but you can stay in control when you understand the signs of the times so you can hear us, see us, and share us or ask Pastor Mark a prophecy question, subscribe to our podcast, all that and more. When you visit thewaymedia.net, then click Signs of the Times, or you can do the same on the Way Media app. And now, here to remind us that minding your speech can be better than speaking your mind is Pastor Mark, who gave me a Get Better Soon card the other day. I told him I wasn't sick, but he just thought I could do better. <laughs> no, that's good. I like that one. I like that. Yeah, no, that's good. Actually, I like both. I like the intro and I like the joke. Greg, you scored. You scored good on both. You know, we need to watch the mouth, watch the tongue, keep solid. What we need to do, and you know, we can. All, I can always do better. No, I, I want to let our listeners know. I don't like that because you're not doing a great job. I like. You know. You know what I like better? I like self-deprecating humor better because it's easier for me to talk about how I failed than someone else. I don't like to talk about someone else. Greg does a great job, but it did make me laugh. It did make me laugh. So, <laughs> okay. So at least we know you don't have a concussion. I so don't. That's, that's a, right. That's right. Or whatever. All yes. Right. Let's, yes. Let's. We got lots of articles today. So let's get going. <laughs> oh my! All right. Let's start with the craziness of the world in Israel. This is from HuffPost. We haven't had them on the uh, program in a while. Yes. Uh, a defiant Netanyahu says no one can halt Israel's war to crush Hamas including the world court. Well, and again, just so they know a little bit of background before I read this, you know, Israel right now is being taken before the world court, which I think the world court is really a joke. It's like the world trying to rule over other nations and be a court for them. It's none of their business, but we know it's leading to the one world government. But either way, they're giving Israel a hard time right now. All these people are trying to get them, you know, for the war with Hamas and all these things. 
And again, look at this. It says it all there, Greg, in the title, Netanyahu and Israel itself is saying there's no way we're going to stop this war. Uh, Israel will pursue its war against Hamas until victory um, and will not be stopped by anyone, including the world court. Prime Minister Netanyahu said in a defiant speech on Saturday as the fighting in Gaza approached the 100 day mark. Netanyahu spoke after the International Court of Justice at The Hague held two days of hearings on South Africa's allegations that Israel is committing genocide against Palestinians, a charge Israel has rejected as libelous and hypocritical. South Africa asked the court to order Israel to halt its blistering air and ground offensive in an interim step. There's so much going on in in Africa and in South Africa that is so wrong that they're doing for them to come against Israel. Again, it is hypocritical. He goes on and says, Israel has been under growing international pressure to end the war. Thousands took to the streets of Washington, London, Paris, Rome, Milan, and Dublin, or Dublin, Dublin, as they say, on Saturday to, and to demand an end to the war. Protesters converging on the White House held aloft signs questioning President Joe Biden's viability as a presidential candidate because of his staunch, staunch support for Israel during the war. So this isn't going to stop. I, I told you guys at the very beginning, there's going to be a continual assault against Israel for defending themselves. How dare you defend yourself when people want to rape your uh, your wives and kill your children and kill you? You just need to let them do it and stop trying to act like you have some right to defend yourself because you don't. That's what the world's saying to them. And so I stand with Netanyahu and his defiance. Who cares what the world court says? We really don't care. You have no significance. You mean nothing. And, and you know, it is Israel that has to defend themselves. They're the ones being attacked on all sides. They're the ones that need to defend themselves. And God is going to be their defense. And God is being their defense. And, Greg, you're going to see this continued defiance. Now, I, I did see today a slight crack in the alliance among the liberals in Israel. There's just the very beginning of this kind of, well, you know, maybe we should kind of look toward backing off in this war. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Listen, those who love their country and love their people, there's no way they're going to back off or stop until this is done. But again, those the uh, the the liberal side there in in Israel again, they're 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 just I don't know what they think or how they they still have the, this mindset that if you're nice enough to them, they won't they won't hurt you. You would think they would have just learned that lesson, and then so. But I still think they're going to hold firm. You're going to see them push through to rid Hamas of Gaza. And then I think you're going to very possibly see this thing move, as we said, into uh, southern Lebanon with Hezbollah um, when that takes place. But you're going to see more and more pressure from the world. And again, this may be the beginning of that whole world hatred building that will push toward the trying to uh, annihilate you know, Israel once and for all. We'll have to wait and see. But right now, they're going to stand firm. They're not going to talk about a two-state solution. Uh, the world will. Uh, I do believe that's going to come in. If it comes in, it'll come through the liberal side of the government there at some point, and the war stuff stopping at the liberal side at some point. But for now, I think we have some more war ahead uh, in the future, even expanding. Pastor Mark, if you wanted to get a subpoena or a search warrant, where would you go? Well, go to the courts, right? To the yep. judge. Yeah. Yep. We we talked about this quite a while ago, maybe a few years ago. Uh, and I can't remember what the article was that brought all of this up, but I think it was, I think I did, I don't know if you agreed with me or not, that I hypothesized that one of the ways that Ezekiel 38 and 39 could happen or be involved, even though the nations are like, are asking, you know, R- Russia and the invading armies, hey, what are you doing coming to to get the spoils or whatever? But in my mind, I could see you know a sham court issuing a sham search warrant yeah. or subpoena or whatever, and then by somehow court of law yeah. giving 
countries or issuing the the search order search warrant to countries to come in right to Israel that somehow that some they're going to stand on some sort of sham legal standing in order to come against Israel for what they're doing like if they get the if they get this world court to say crimes against humanity or yeah. whatever because of what they're doing we know what they're doing but the world's going to call it something else right so you know i don't know how much of that but when i saw this article it made me think back to what we had talked about quite some time ago that somehow the world as the one world government comes together somehow that they would assert their their force or their influence in this situation somehow maybe aid ezekiel 38 and 39 maybe they can't necessarily issue something but the court decrees that it's the right thing to do to stop israel and so maybe russia and the invading armies will take it upon themselves well you want to know what we're up for the job you know greg that's an interesting thought i again it had not had it not been for the world court i mean I, I, that's the kind of thought that's what that, thought made me think about it yeah, yeah who knows there may be some kind of sham judgment that's cast against israel and therefore they use that as an excuse to go against them but again the world court has right now they have no authority other than what the nations that give into them give them they have no authority over sovereignty over nations now they're trying to remove the sovereignty of nations we know that and this uh, WHO treaty that is supposed to kick in in May, that would remove even our national sovereignty uh, when it comes to health issues. They're trying to pass something here with the, at the WHO, which I, I, I pray that God will stop, and we'd be praying that God will stop it, that would give them the, the ability to declare a pandemic, and everybody has to do a certain things under that pandemic, lockdowns, all the kind of stuff again, and, and, and we would lose our sovereignty. And you have to have a nation that goes along with it, but right now we have leadership that would go along with it. Uh, a conservative leadership at this time would not go along with it, but a liberal leadership would, and we have liberal leadership in control right now. So, yeah, that may be something that's used as an excuse, but either way, they're going to come either way, you know, and it's going to happen, and we're going to see the same yeah. take place as Ezekiel 30 and 39. But that's a very interesting thought, Greg. We need to keep our eye on that. Yeah. All right. All Israel News is reporting that thousands of Israelis have been flocking to the Western Wall. This article is dated January 10th, so this is yeah. nine days ago. Yes. Uh, for prayer warfare, flocking yeah. to the Western Wall, crying to God to free the hostages. So clearly nine days has passed, so give us the update as well. well. How exciting. You should have seen the pictures. It was packed. I mean, the whole area down there was packed out. It looked unbelievable. And, and Greg, here's the thing. I know this. The Jewish people don't know God, so their prayers, in, in one way, fall on deaf ears until they repent. It's kind of like, until you repent... There's not going to be that move of God and that answer to your prayer. God hears it, but he's not going to move if you're living in sin. So so the nation itself, there's not going to be much to that. But what's interesting about it is we're watching again the beginning of drawing someone into a relationship. There has to be, first of all, the crying out to, if there's a God out there, we need you to move. That's where it all starts for all of us. And so what I'm watching is through this whole war, God is drawing the nation to himself. God is having the nation cry out to God. God is bringing Jews, more Jews, back to the land in these last days, as he said he would do, getting ready for his return. God is preparing their hearts for their repentance to receive the Messiah, as the Bible says will happen at the Ezekiel 38 and 39 battle. And at the same time, so what you're seeing is you're seeing a gathering. The pressure is working. God is turning up the heat, and the unbeliever is gathering to at least say, you know what? Um, we need God, if he's out there and we think he is, we need God to do something, so they're all gathering. This is step one. So is it a great revival? Are Jews getting saved? No, but I'm telling you, 
There's a process to giving your life to Jesus Christ. It doesn't happen overnight. Seeds are planted. The Spirit moves. The drawing of the Holy Spirit. This is the evidence, I believe, of the Holy Spirit drawing in the nation to get ready to receive their Messiah. Thousands of Israelis, it says, streamed to the Western Wall in Jerusalem's old city on Wednesday to cry out, to plead, and invoke heavenly mercy upon all of Israel. And especially to pray for the return of the hostages being held by Hamas in Gaza. A coalition of Israel Ashkenazi and Sephardic chief rabbis, many other prominent rabbis, religious organizations and movements, and families of the hostages had called for the people of Israel to pray with them for God's mercy on the hostages and the Israeli soldiers currently fighting in the Gaza Strip. And I quote, We pray for God's mercy on Kal Israel uh, for the healing uh, of the wounded bodies and souls for the success of the IDF soldiers and the security forces for the safe return of the hostages, their statement read. They also called on rabbis across the nation to hold a specific prayer session in the yeshivas. So really, at this point, it's kind of like a political statement to God for the nation of Israel. We stand here politically, stand with us and vote for us, God. We need your help. But it's going to go from that to you are our God. And you've revealed yourself to us. You are our hero, our savior, our rescuer, and we now give ourselves to you. And we're going to see that, you know, that huge influx again, that 144,000 right away. And then we're going to see, um, you know, the others getting saved. And eventually when this man declares himself the Antichrist, they're going to be running down to Petra. And so there's going to be this great outpouring beginning with that 144,000 that it talks about 12,000 from each tribe that it talks about in Revelation. You know, it's interesting, Greg. Uh, you look in Matthew 25, and it talks about the, uh, the the parable of the virgins with the bride. And it refers to the Jews as the virgins. The, the bride is the bride of Christ. But we know that Jews will be getting saved, too, so they're referred to as virgins. And in the Scripture, you'll see the Jews referred to as virgins. So I find that interesting in light of the fact that it's 144,000 virgins, it says, to get saved. I've often thought about that as literally they didn't have relations with a woman. And that might be what it is, but it might just be saying that it's 144,000 Jews, because in Scripture they're referred to idiomatically as virgins. And then also heard another very interesting uh, hypothesis today that I'd never heard. It might be 144,000 children, which would be virgins, but these children would be getting saved and leading the nation and the people to Christ. So, again, it's interesting when you think about the outpouring of the Spirit in these last days and the 12 trials being saved, and now you see the nation gathering together, asking for God to pour out His Spirit. You know, that's really interesting. So, if if it is referring not to children, what in type then would the virgins represent in the lives of those 144,000? Like well, they've never denied, they, they might not have agreed up until that point, but maybe they never denied that Jesus was the Messiah. I mean, what, what in, in what context would virginity mean there? Yeah. Or other well, than it, just they're the from the tribes of Israel. Yeah, it's very interesting. If you look at God had a wife, yeah. the nation of Israel, right, and um, she committed adultery so many times that he said he had to divorce her. He had to release her. Right. He didn't want to. God hates divorce, but basically they were so unfaithful that the Scripture says that God released his wife. So Israel is no longer the wife of Israel, yet they have the promise of being one with him again in the last days. We are the bride. So we now come into the church. We're his new bride, and he's taken us as his bride, and there's his divorced wife, but he says he's going to restore her in the last days. It might be that because it's a new generation and a new, um, they've not yet, this generation has never been the wife of, of the Lord, that they are just these in type, these virgins that are betrothed, 
but they don't have a category yet. They're not the wife and they're not the bride. They're just kind of Jews. And as they come into that salvation, the bride's already gone. The rapture has happened. We're in heaven, but you've got this group of virgins that are about to be joined to the Lord as well later on. So again, who knows? It's very interesting to look at and think about it from different angles, Greg. I, I'm well. What just came to me as you were making that description is that um, when you give your life to Jesus, you are born again. That's right. You're a new creation. That's right. You're 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 spotless That's before right. the Lord. That to me, you could equate that to virginity. In that context. Yes. So maybe that's what that means. Those people that give their lives to Jesus recognize now him as the Messiah. Right. They are now the virgin. And, but why would they be called virgins and not the church? Because the church has now been taken and we've been married. Yes, we're gone. So the bride is gone when they get saved. We yes. are now, we are at the wedding supper of the Lamb. It is this spiritual celebration of the wedding, whatever that's going to be like in the spirit. Yeah. But now you've got this brand new born again, um, uh, you know, virgins, if you will, born again. Um, you know, because I thought, how in the world could you find 144,000 that had not had relations in Israel in today's environment? But it may not be that at all. It may have nothing to do with their any type of physical activity. It may have to do literally with the spiritual activity, and only, and only God knows. You know, yeah. it's just very interesting that is to interesting. think about yeah. in, in a lot of this that's going to be happening. And yeah. so, you know, again, and that really explains a lot, too, because remember the virgins in the parable of the bride. The bride goes in, and only five of them go in with her. The other five don't. Because five had oil and five didn't. So we know today there are some Jews that are saved and Jews that are not. So it gives a picture of... Does that speak to readiness? Well, I believe it speaks to some Jews that are the bride. Yeah. Okay. They're the bride already. Yeah. They're saved, but they're the virgin bride of Christ in the sense of they're the, they're, they're the wife that's been rejected but now brought back in. Whereas we've been grafted in, and now we're the bride. I mean, it gets really weird. Yeah. It gets how it's all going to pan out. I don't know, but I know we're going to be one in heaven, joined to the Lord. That's one of those questions that God will definitely answer for Absolutely. us when we're in His presence. And I think we're close to it. And I yes. can't wait. I can't wait. Um, this is from Newsmax, uh, dated January fifteenth, just four days ago. The White House presses Israel to end Gaza fighting. All right, here we go. Now remember, Greg, I said it was coming. I said, what will happen is, here's the pattern, guys. Every battle that Israel's in follows the same pattern. It's like judges. There's a pattern you can predict with nations. Here's what happens. Somebody attacks Israel and does atrocity. Israel strikes back, and the world, for the most part, keeps silent and goes, well, okay, you know, we understand you have a right to self-defense. Go for it. You always have those that complain from the beginning on, but you still have those that kind of, okay, okay, and they put up with it for a while. Then they really don't like Israel, so they stop putting up with it real fast. Okay, well, that's enough. Now, this is not proportional. And they use that word a lot. This is not proportional. Well, what's proportional to all your women being raped and your children being killed? What, what's proportional anyway? What, you turn over that many people to us and let us do that to them? Is that proportional? Either way, it makes me mad. Yes. So they say, well, that's not proportional. And that's the next phase, right? Then after not proportional comes, okay, now you're in your, your, your genocide. You're, you're doing wrong. You're killing. You're murdering. The world's got to come together and stop Israel. And then, in, and then the, but, but the whole time America is standing with Israel. The whole time all the world's doing that. The last phase is America being pretty much the only one with maybe a couple of others that are saying, hey, these guys have a right to defend themselves, whatever. And then even America, toward the, toward the end of these battles and whatever, starts saying, hey, guys, it's time to back it off. You've done enough. Come on. let's Everybody pull in the cannons. Let's kind of end this thing. I didn't know how long it would take to do it. This was faster than I thought. But again, with, with the, the leadership we have right now, it doesn't surprise me. Um, it's a, they, they, they won't allow Israel to finish the job, but here's the difference this time in the past, as we've noted, Israel has said, okay, we'll back off Israel's this time. No way. 
Not after what they did. This is too evil and awful. We're finishing the job. And this is where, for the first time since Israel's been a nation, you're going to see an increased tension with the only nation that truly stands behind them, or at least one of the few that stands behind them to the very end, uh, that has any power anyway, and that's America. And so this could be that turning point, Zechariah 12, where all nations turn against them. But listen to what it says. So even now the White House, even America, their best friend, the White House said Sunday, it's the right time. For Israel to scale back its military offensive in the Gaza Strip. As Israeli leaders again vowed to press ahead with their operation against the territory's ruling Hamas militant group. Well, no, it's not. It's never the right time until Hamas is annihilated. The comments expose the growing differences between the close allies on the 100th day of the war. Also, Sunday, Israeli warplanes struck targets in Lebanon following a Hezbollah missile attack that killed two Israeli civilians, an older woman and her adult son. Uh, there in northern Israel. The exchange of fire underscored concerns that the Gaza violence could trigger wider fighting across the region. And I, again, I predict that it will, and Hezbollah will see. Speaking on CBS, White House National Secretary uh, Council spokesman John Kirby uh, said the U.S. has been speaking to Israel about a transition to low-intensity operations in Gaza. Again, it's not going to happen. Look what I quote. We what's, believe what's low intensity. Well, you know, they, putting putting people in timeout. There's all this language. They're trying to please all the voices that are screaming, "Make them stop!" Like, look, we're trying, and yet they're still trying to let Israel do what they need to do. And it's you know what? Just get a backbone, make a stand, and let them take care of business. I quote at the end. He says, "Believe we believe it's the right time for that transition, and we're talking to them about doing that." He said on Face the Nation. No, this is not. There is no transition. This is, look, the transition should take place when Hamas is annihilated. I know the ideology of Hamas will never be annihilated until the Lord comes back. But you can annihilate those who are typically or who are currently involved in it right now in the Gaza Strip. And you can also do a great damage to those in southern Lebanon, Hezbollah as well. And which, again, I don't know for sure they're going to do that. But my suspicion is that. You know, it depends on what Hezbollah does. If they cross the line and, and they do too much, you're going to see Israel go in and take action. By the way, I just saw, um, uh, you know, just today, apparently that Hezbollah fired, or yeah, I think it was Hezbollah, they fired some rocket toward a something very important in Israel. They didn't say what it was, but they said had that rocket not been shot down and reached its target, Hezbollah would have been would be annihilated today. So I don't know what they did, whether they're shooting at a nuclear facility, which could have spilled radiation, whether they, they, whatever it was, or, or the Knesset, take out their leadership, you know, or whatever. I don't know. Is the Knesset in Tel Aviv or Jerusalem? It's in Jerusalem, but remember, Hezbollah has rockets that can go all they the can way reach. Across. Oh, okay. yeah, and Hezbollah has the GPS. Okay. They have the smart bombs. They're not just like shooting firecrackers okay. like those guys right. in Gaza. So, uh, you know, lighting the fuse and running back. Yeah. No, these are real rockets they have. So the point is, if they had done this, and if they tried again and pulled something off, they're saying if they if they do the wrong thing, Greg, they're going to go in with massive barrages and start annihilating Hezbollah as well. So keep your eye on that as well. Yeah, I would think that um, Israel's capabilities in terms of total destruction have yet to be seen. Oh, yeah. Have you seen any of the, the footage of the explosions of the bombs they're dropping? Israel? Well, I, I thought I thought you were talking the other day about the bombs that we were dropping yeah. in, uh, regarding the Houthi. It was. The ones we did were also okay. the same way. But okay. Israel, when you watch some of those in Gaza, it looks like the same technology, the okay. same bombs. I mean, it is like 
it almost looks like some of them are so gigantic. They almost look like miniature nukes, but they're not. I mean, th- this is, you talk about shock and awe. Some of these bombs are shock and awe. It's like, boom. I mean, whoa. The, the explosiveness, you know. And again, of course, we dropped, I think, a Moab, sure. which I don't know if they have any of the Moabs or not. They may. But we dropped that Moab, you know, the largest yeah. dynamite-based, um, yeah. you know, bomb yeah. in the world. And, man, that thing... I mean, it looks like a nuclear device. It yeah. puts the huge mushroom cloud and the flash of light. It's scary, scary. just to see it. Yeah. Uh, just as a, a, a quick uh, uh, side question, as long as we're talking about Gaza, um, do you know what Israel, I mean, I know they've discovered and keep finding things, new tunnels, tunnel networks, things stored in the tunnels and right. all of that. What are they doing with those tunnels, oh, they're just—they're they're blowing them up. They're just blowing them up. Okay. You ought to see some of okay. the videos again. This, okay, they'll have like they'll have this stretch of just like a mile long. It looks like almost, or maybe half a mile long, and they'll detonate it. And all of a sudden, you see this just this huge from it's underground collapse. I or, mean, or it just blows up just underground. Blows up underground. You always see the yeah. smoke. I, I'm, I'm I'm sure it does collapse. They don't show that part, but they've been doing just yeah. They're going in. They're just placing bombs all through these things. When they get to the end of it, they come back out. Hook in the wiring, kaboom, and you see entire neighborhoods and regions going up because these things go under everything. And they said they still have not even put a dent. There's so much more to go as far as the underground tunnels. Isn't that amazing? It's, well, these billions and billions that we and other I nations know. have been giving them, rather than giving it to the people to support them and build a good society, they've been building bunkers for the Hamas leadership to be able to attack Israel and to hide from and, and hoard everything, and that's what they're doing. Like cockroaches. Yep, that's yep. right. Okay, fantastic. That's... Uh... I'm sure we'll hear more about that as the weeks go on. on, the boats and on the plains. All right, we'll come back to America, America. where we see Breitbart.com dated January 17th, just two days ago. This is coming out of uh, the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. It's a fantastic organization. You should check them yeah, out. Right. Uh, uh, Blinken and Biden continue their deadly obsession with the Palestinian state. Okay, here we go. Now, remember, they want a two-state solution, a Palestinian state and a Jewish state. The problem is... If Israel's not up for that right now, they don't want these people that did these atrocities living next door to them, much less giving them their own country. But this is being pushed now by the the uh, World Economic Forum, that's Davos, and the world leadership, and the United States. Again, all these guys, listen, the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, was at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, on Wednesday, said that there needs to be a Palestinian state as the result of the conflict launched by Hamas. No, I would say because of the conflict launched by Hamas, there doesn't need to be a Palestinian state. That annihilated any right they have to a Palestinian state, as far as I'm concerned. Blinken and President Joe Biden are struck doggedly to that doggedly rather to that position, claiming that the Palestinian state is a necessary condition for Israel's integration into the Middle East. They've been there like 70 some years. What do you mean their integration? Actually, they've been there for thousands of years. That has been re-recognized the last 70 some. Uh, precisely the dogma that President Donald Trump junked in the Abraham Accords. Now, again, notice this. They say it's a necessary condition. Greg, this is why. This is being pushed so hard. This is probably going to be something the Antichrist does. Remember Joel 3. God judges them for dividing up the land. We, it could have already happened because it's already divided. We talked about that. But I think this may be referencing this Palestinian state that the Antichrist is going to bring in. Israel doesn't want it, but this charismatic leader, after enough time goes by, with the power of Satan backing him, will be able to make this happen. It would appear we will see. Um, so notice this. Trump set aside the conventional wisdom of Washington and Davos to negotiate peace agreements between Israel and the Arab states that did not depend on a Palestinian state, which Secretary of State John Kerry, among others, said could not be done, but it was done by President Trump. 
Blinken and Biden seemed unconcerned that Palestinians have no interest in a state. Now, here's what's interesting to me. Now, for the first time, they've always said it, but they're being more vocal, Greg, about saying, look, it used to be, hey, we need two states. Come on, Israel, give in, give in, give in, give in. Well, now they're talking to, to the Palestinian people, and they're saying, well, we know we, we never wanted that. We don't want it now. We don't want a Palestinian state. We want Israel annihilated. We don't want to share with Israel. We are the state. Get rid of these Jews. They don't belong here. So they're saying we are the state. And so get rid of them. They don't, they don't want to agree. They don't want to have any kind of side by side, but two different reasons. Israel doesn't want to side, side by side because they don't want them attacking and, 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 and hurting their people. The Palestinians don't want a side by side because they don't want Jews to exist. You know, I was watching this thing, these people marching in the streets, these guys go out with these microphones and show how foolish. And it's not just kids. The adults, Greg, were saying this. Uh, what does it mean river to the sea? Um, at what river? And they go, well, we don't, we don't know, but we know the sea is the Mediterranean. And you're like, okay, you're out there marching for something, chanting. You don't even know what river we're talking about. And then somebody said, yeah, it's the Red Sea. Uh, yeah, it's the whatever. <laughs> I said, what are you talking about? I mean, they, here's what gets oh me, Greg, my. how blindly people yes. will go out for a cause, yes. and they don't even know what their cause is. They're just marching. I mean, one guy was carrying a sign that said, Infantata, and the guy said, what's an Infantata? He goes... I don't know. It's an enchilada with yeah, it's, white it's cheese. Like some kind of burrito, I think. I'm not sure. You know, um, I'll have an infatata and uh, some some you know some <laughs> some hash browns. And, and you know, anyway, I just it's 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 unbelievable how foolish people are led by the mob mentality. But remember, it tells us in First John that the entire world is under the sway of the wicked one. What that means is. If you don't know Jesus Christ, Satan is running your life. Now, that doesn't mean you're walking around biting off chicken heads and doing satanic services. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying the Bible says there's a spirit that's greater than you that is leading you in a direction that leads to destruction, whether you realize it or not, in in sometimes very pretty ways. It can seem very normal, very pretty. Satan's an angel of light. But you have to realize the only way you're free from that is is to give your life to Jesus Christ, yep. and now you're under a new king and under a new leader, and you're under the sway of the Holy Spirit, yes. rather under the sway of the demonic spirit. And so these people, they're under the sway of a demonic spirit. They don't even know what they're doing, what they're saying. It is absurd. Yeah. Well, that's, that just ties in First John five nineteen and in Jesus on the cross saying, "Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing." That's right. Let me read this to you. This is Paul. This is Paul speaking to the church in Ephesus. He's speaking to believers, but this is appropriate. In terms of what you were talking about, uh, the, the mindset of these people going out and making these chants, and they don't even know what they're doing. That's right. And so Paul says that, and this is Ephesians 4.14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. There you go. We're seeing that actually being carried out and right. people being emotionally blown about with this rhetoric that's out there, and they don't even know why. Right. And, and Paul is saying to, to the Christian, hey, don't be like them. Right. You shouldn't be doing that. Right. You need to be grounded in Jesus Christ, not into the world system. That's so right. anyway, just made me think about that when you described it, because that's exactly what they're doing. Now, today's cause du jour is, is free the, you know, from the river to the sea. We yeah. don't know what it means, but we're going to chant it. Well, we don't even know what river or what sea sometimes, yeah. but we're still going to say it. What they, what's the, sh- the, the, the amazing ignorance, Greg, is they don't even realize that statement means the annihilation of the Jew. Right. That's what it means. Now, some of them wouldn't care. They'd say, well, that's great, right? But some of them would go, oh, I didn't realize it meant that. And I think if you just educated the crowds on just that, many of them would go home. 
Many of them would say, look, I can't march for that. But again, this is the world we live in. Yeah. They're, they're under the sway of the wicked one. Yeah. Well, speaking of being under the sway and wicked things and things that just blow our minds, this comes from the post-millennial dated January 17th. Uh, Biden's Health and Human Services Department to spend $700,000. Now, that's not necessarily a lot of money in in the context of the overall budget. However, this money will be spent on inclusive teen pregnancy prevention for transgender boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, birth control for girls who are saying that they're boys. This is so messed up in so many ways. I... My heart breaks, first of all, for these teens. My, but again, that's a whole other subject. What here yeah. just shows the, the, the total blindness, Greg, and foolishness of our government. And what I mean by that is we are $32 trillion in debt, and they want to, number one, uh, fight against God in, in God's design of, of male of and female, yeah. and also in God's design for children, and they want to spend three-quarters of a million dollars more on on these on, on girls who are confused and think they're boys I, it breaks my heart let me just read a little bit of this joe biden's department of health and human services will be giving almost seven hundred thousand dollars in funds as you read for a pregnancy prevention program intended to target teenage girls who identify as boys the new federal disclosure documents reveal now the sad thing to me greg is it's gone so far down the road you can't bring this thing in i literally saw on the news today a girl who identifies as a robot. She says she's non-human. She talks like this and moves this way and whatever. And they're having to accommodate her, I guess, and whatever she's involved in because she thinks she's a robot, although there's no metal components in her. Although, I mean, it has gotten so bizarre that we people are trying to create reality in their in their fantasies and their thoughts rather than facing reality. No, you're 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 a sweet girl who needs Jesus Christ and it's, it's sad, and you need to be loved, and you need to know the love of God, and I just, my heart breaks. How do you reach this generation? It's going to be just with the pure love of Jesus Christ. There's no other way to reach them. When you've got the parents and the adults being so foolish they're leading this, the kids are going to follow suit, and they're going to take it down to the next level, and that's exactly what's happening. Again, the cliches, I know you get tired of them, slippery slope. It is. It just doesn't stop. There's nothing to grab onto, and it's just going to, I mean, I, there is no limit to what you can declare yourself to be. And if the laws get crazy enough before the Lord comes back, you'll be able to legally stand on it. You know, it's interesting. You know, the Bible defines parenting in the kind of love a parent should be showing a child in their training and education and, and really discipline as well. But today's world is telling the parents, hey, you loving the child is affirming whatever they think. Yeah. Whatever they believe, you are to affirm that because that's what love is. Yeah. So the enemy is really very crafty because he, he's, he's redefining love, redefining parenting yeah. and everything how God set it up. You know, he's Satan has just been very skillful to get people to believe the opposite. Yeah. And I just want to encourage our listeners right now. Look, there's a lot of things that can kick in emotionally when you hear these kind of things because we're human, but if we're ever going to win little girls like that. Yeah. And those that are even marching in the streets foolishly and don't even know why they're marching, we have to love them. That doesn't mean we don't make a stand. What it means is they have got to see the love of God in us and realize there's a different, there's a whole different creature out there than what we know. There's a whole different world than what we understand. There's a whole different thing going on. These people have something we don't have. We want to know more about it. And that's what draws people. I hear it over and over about the Muslim. They see the love of Christians and they go, we've never seen that ever in any of our religious activities 
why are y'all different? Even though we don't agree, what is it? How do you, how are you like that? We need to be loving the lost. And so just remember when you see things get crazy, it's easy to get emotional and mad and rightfully so. The Bible says be angry and do not sin. But once you come back down and, and catch your breath just from being so angry about it, remember these people are lost and they need to not only be loved, they need to see the love of Christ. Yeah. Most of these people are not denying what you know. They don't know what yeah, you know. They've never right. been educated. That's right. There's I mean, nothing out there. Them, yeah, many, of, many of them yeah. just blind. Yeah. 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 All right, let's go around the globe and look at our one world government. And really, uh, wars and rumors of wars here. This first one is from Fox News, dated January 13th. Uh, Turkey launching airstrikes in Iraq and Syria, destroying bunkers, shelters, and oil facilities. Yes, and good news, they caught that turkey. Um, <laughs> and he'll be on your dinner table tonight Yes, it was a wild turkey. And, yes. um, I'm sorry. That was, That's, it's I, an old joke, but I couldn't help it. It's just, I had this help. picture in my mind of some turkey launching rockets. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> but it's, you know, again, it's not funny because it's war. But either way, Turkey carried out a series of airstrikes in neighboring Iraq and Syria on Saturday, according to his defense ministry. The strikes came to, uh, as the U.S. and other countries launched separate strikes in Yemen on Friday and Saturday. According to the Turkish defense ministry, aircraft struck Kurdish militant targets in Matina, ha- uh, Hakuk, Gara, and Kadil in northern Iraq. Uh, the strikes were in response to an attack of a Turkish military base in Iraq that left nine Turkish soldiers dead. The defense ministry said fighter jets destroyed caves, bunkers, shelters, and oil facilities, and I quote, to eliminate terrorist attacks against our people and security forces and to ensure our border security. The statement said many militants were neutralized and did not specify any attacks in Syria. Now, this goes back to what we covered last week. I believe we're in a contraction from Matthew 24 of wars and rumors of wars. We're seeing multiple nations now, large nations on a big scale, all attacking each other. This is a contraction. We're watching now this whole, the earth getting ready to receive the Lord. Is it the one? I don't know, but we're in the middle of a war and rumors of wars contraction. And now you're seeing it just, it's growing, Greg. And I think it may continue to grow before it dies back down. We'll make room in the womb because I've got one more for you. There you go. This, I like is from, that. this is from Fox News. Pakistan conducts retaliatory military strikes targeting insurgents in Iran. Yeah, again, there you go. I mean, look at this. It's like you said, this adds right to it. Pakistan uh, conducted these military strikes Thursday morning against these insurgents operating in Iran in response to a deadly bombing in southwestern Pakistani province of uh, Balochistan on Tuesday. The Pakistan Armed Forces completed a series of highly coordinated and specifically targeted precision military strikes against Pakistani terrorists in Iran's um, province uh, in that in that in that Baluchistan, Baluchistan province. As part of an intelligence-based operation named Margbar Samakar, and I'm sure you all know what that means, Pakistan's Ministry of Affairs announced. Of course, I'm being silly. It doesn't tell us what it means. But either way, the bottom line is, is now we're seeing Pakistan. Greg, you're talking now. Pakistan, they're a nuclear power. Um, and so you're looking at, you know, these Iran is not yet that we know of, although I, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't secretly have some nuclear weapons as much as they've been working with Russia. Uh, and they've already been re- refining you know, uranium um, that, that can make into bombs or whatever. But it's like Iran is like they're just getting bolder and they're stepping out and doing stuff. This kind of is that attitude they're going to need to go against Israel because they're going against a nuclear nation in Pakistan. Well, that means they might be willing to go against a nuclear nation in Israel. However, Israel's military is much stronger and more organized. They both have nuclear power. So watch this. You're seeing the wars and rumors of wars and you're seeing an increased boldness by Iran. 
All right, Pastor Mark, Fox Business reporting that Bill Gates is floating the idea of a global government during discussions of AI regulation with Sam Altman. Yes, now this is huge. This is there's there's a couple of things here, Greg. Remember now, it's funny when you see these kind of articles because you know just 20 years ago, again, people were making fun of the idea of Christians saying there was going to be a one world government. Now we have just some you know few years later, Bill Gates saying a global government's going to be the only answer. Now remember, that's what the Bible says will happen. We're watching the Bible come to life. We're watching the Bible take place right before our very eyes. The Bible says in the last days there will be a one world government. It won't be a suggestion by Bill Gates. There will be a one world government. It will be led by someone out of Europe who we call the Antichrist, but they'll, they'll see him as the world's savior. And so you're watching all this take place right now before your very eyes. And again, connected to AI, you know, which by the way, artificial intelligence, I believe, Greg, is going to play a big role into the demonic activity in the last days because of this, uh, you know, this super collider there that they have in Sweden and all these things that are happening where they're opening up these portals, they're saying, to other dimensions. They're talking now about they're opening portals to other dimensions. To the demonic realm? Well, they're not saying that. They're just saying we have opened a portal to another dimension and there are, there are communications going back and forth. They're saying they believe maybe it's people in other dimensions or planets. We know who it is. So there appears to be something going on with this super collider that is that is breaching the wall of the spirit. God's allowing this to happen. Satan sure. must know about yeah. it. But either way, so to hear the conversation about the one world government, it's all it may be even coming in that way. Let me just read some of this. A billionaire tech mogul Bill Gates floated a global government during a podcast last week on OpenAI with CEO Sam Altman about the potential need for a global regulatory body to keep potential abuses of artificial intelligence at bay. If the key, he said, is to stop the entire world from doing something dangerous, you'd almost want global government, end quote. Gates told Altman at the Microsoft Founders Unconfuse Me podcast. Isn't that something? Um, the, the, you know, again, the bottom line is, you know, it, it, Gates goes on and says, I don't think we could ever say we did too much to draw the polit- politicians in. And yet, when they say, oh, we blew it on a social media, we should do better. Um, he said, the bottom line is, that's an outstanding challenge that, that, that there are very negative elements too in terms of polarization. So they're saying, we've got to come together. If we're going to be able to control AI, Bring all the politicians, all the governments together. We need to be talking more openly about a one-world government. Greg, we, the Bible's been talking about it for thousands of years. Pastors and believers have been talking about it for thousands of years. Now the world's finally talking about it. But here's the thing. It's been talked about so much in recent years that people don't even get shocked when they hear this. As a matter of fact, most will probably read this article and go, what a great idea. Mm-hmm. Why not have a one look that would solve so many problems? But here's the thing. We need somebody to run it. We need somebody smart enough to pull everybody together. That guy's going to come on the scene. I wonder who it could be. Yeah, and he's going to come out of Europe. The world's going to look to him. They're going to say, this guy's the savior and the hero of the world, so to speak. Again, this is amazing. Again, just how openly they're talking about it. You know, I... I, I, you, if you talked about the world government, like I said, 20 or 30 years ago, Greg, they made fun of you. Now it's those, it's the people in power that are talking about it. And, and we see this other turnaround. If you talked about aliens 20 to 30 years ago, you were the nutcase. Now the nutcases are those in Washington saying, yeah, we've got aliens. And I'm not saying they're nutcases. I think there is something real going on.
It's just demonic. But what's funny is, it's to see the whole turnaround, the juxtaposition of, you know, you see the people that used to be considered crazy are the ones saying, yeah, you were right. And the ones that were right, you'll now be the ones that were saying they were crazy. And so it's going to get wilder and wilder in the last days. Just, again, hang on to your hats, guys, because this, you know, this Bronco has not stopped bucking. And so it's going to get crazy. You just, you, you thought chock full of nuts was just a coffee brand. There you go. That's right. It's Washington. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's go to the One World Church, the One World Religion, and at the seat of the altar is our friend, Pope Francis. Breitbart.com, dated January 12th, reporting that Pope Francis is praising a Marxist-Christian dialogue, quote-unquote, a fine program. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Greg. This is another one that the church has been saying for for thousands of years. This is what the Bible's been saying for thousands of years. Look, the Bible says in the last days, this world leader will come on the scene and run a one world government. Well, we just covered that article with Bill Gates about how he's calling for that and the world's ready for it. But the world, it also says in Revelation 13 that he's going to have a sidekick. Okay, it's going to be like Batman and Robin. He's got, he's got, he's got the, in the, the sidecar. The Lone Ranger and Tonto. There they are. Lone Ranger. Whatever you want to do, he's, yeah. in the, he's in the sidecar. Right there is the Pope. Yes. Now, here's the thing. Why do I say it's the Pope? It's interesting to me here that this article is about the Pope doing this because it's, it, and, and I'm not, it, I don't think it's this current Pope myself because I don't think, I think he's too worn out and too old. I think there's a new guy that's going to come on the scene to carry him through once it starts in the final seven years because this guy's, you know, he's in his 80s. I don't think he'd be able to do anything. I mean, by the time he's you know, just a year or two, he, he'll just finally be old enough to be president. So I don't think he'll be able to make it all the way through to the end when it goes down beyond that. But with that said. I see said, what you did there. Yes. But beyond that, here's the point. Yes. Um, there, there's going to be a one world religion as well as a one world government. Yes. Okay. Now, with that said, there is only one world religion that could pull the whole world together. And some people might say, well, yeah, that's Islam. No, it's not. Islam right now is so antagonistic and radical. The world, unless they force them to, would never come under Islam. The Bible says that the world is going to willingly, willingly come under this world leader and this false prophet uh, because they have the answers to the world's problems and they bring in peace and prosperity. So that does not describe Islam at all. There is only one religion that is worldwide that could unify the world under one umbrella, and that is the Catholic Church. And again, the whoever the Pope is when that takes place, I believe that the current sitting Pope, when this takes place, when the Antichrist comes on the scene, is going to be the Pope that is going to also lead the one world religion. I do, As I said, I do not believe it's Pope Francis. I don't think we're in that place or or, or, or close enough. To that. I think he's too old to be able to do that. But I do believe it is going to be a pope that does it. And notice what this particular pope did, Greg, to get ready for it. Pope Francis said Sunday it was essential for all world religions to unite in opposing the rapacious devastation of the environment. That's all based on worshiping the environment. Okay. Um, he says the 86-year-old pope had planned to preside at the opening of the Faith Pavilion at the COP28 Climate Conference so, in Dubai. Yeah, that's the second article. We were just discussing the first one. We haven't even gotten to that article yet. I thought you just said that. What, no. What, what, did you, what intro did you just give me? The the praises the Marxist-Christian dialogue, a fine program. I'm sorry. I jumped straight to my other pope. I've got the two pope articles right here in front of me. I'm sorry. Let me do that one, Greg. I'm, thanks for reeling me in here. Yes. I'm looking at both of them. That's why I, I jumped right there. I've already got I'm, I'm way ahead. This is a prophecy show. <laughs> I'm seeing the future. Okay. And in the future. In the future. This article, we're going to talk about this, this article. article will be yes. in the past. Yes. And so I'll be to the next article. Did you see what I did there? See I what see I did? what you did there. Okay. And you got about eight more minutes Justification to do it. Justification of losing my place. 
And you said I didn't have a concussion. All right, Pope Francis praises Marxist Christian dialogue and calls it a fine program. On Wednesday, again, this is just revealing the corruption that's coming in through this current pope. And then we'll lead to the other article that I gave a great intro to. On Wednesday, the pontiff received a delegation from the Transversal Dialogue Project, uh, Dialop. That's a great name, Dialop. A group devoted to producing a differentiated consensus from Christian social teaching, Marxist critical theory, and feminism. That sounds like a great conglomeration for, for truth. I want to know what scripture verse he's using to back that up. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, it's, it's First Confusions. Um, Amazing. 13. Anyway, for many years, Dialop um, has been committed to promoting the common good uh, through dialogue between socialists, Marxists, and Christians, the Pope said in his address, calling its endeavor a fine program. Never lose the ability to dream, he told them. Don't back off, don't give up, and don't stop dreaming of a better world. Um, you know, Greg, Dialop is already so old, we've already gone on to you know much faster means of fiber optics and all that. Dial-up worked for a while, but dial-up yes. is not going to work anymore. <laughs> anyway, the bottom line is, yes. um, this just shows, again, this whole, just... The leadership right now, Greg, of the Catholic Church is just in disarray. Yeah. Total disarray, which leads right into the next article about... Uh, Deja Vu. Uh, This is from uh, Reuters.com. The Pope is urging world religions to unite against environmental devastation. Yes, now I'm not going to give the same intro because I already did that, but here's the bottom line. Listen, based on the environment... The 86-year-old Pope has planned to preside at the opening of the Faith Pavilion of the Climate Conference in Dubai. Secretary of State Cardinal Pietro Paralin read the Pope's message in his place, as he did with Francis' main address at the conference on Saturday. And and I quote, Religions, as voices of conscience for humanity, remind us that we are finite creatures possessed of a need for the infinite, the Pope said, noting that a Faith Pavilion was the first at the COP conference, for we are indeed mortal, we have limits, and protecting life also entails opposing the rapacious illusion of omnipotence that is devastating our planet, he said. Uh, Religions need urgently to act for the sake of the environment, educate their members to sober and fraternal lifestyles instead of wasteful ones, and work for a return to individual contemplation of nature's Grandeur. This is an essential obligation for religions, which are called to teach contemplation, since creation is not only an ecosystem to preserve, but also a gift to embrace, Francis said. Now, this is, again, Greg, look at this. The Pope is coming in under the guise of environmentalism, saving the planet. We talked about how Satan's going to use this whole climate thing, again, to deceive the world and get them to follow this Antichrist. And whatever Pope comes in, when he comes in, if it is this Pope, I could be wrong, but I think it's going to be the next one. When that Pope comes in, you're going to see a supernatural power in the Antichrist, Revelation 13, a supernatural power in this other world religious leader, and the Pope's going to be the only one. Somebody in that position, I think, is going to be the only one that can bring all religions under that umbrella. And remember, in the Roman Empire, you were allowed to have your own religion as long as everybody came under Caesar's religion. If you said Caesar is Lord, you could still have a different religion. I think it's going to be the same setup. If everybody comes together and says we have to come together as one religion to save the planet under the leadership of the Catholic Church, then we can still be Hindus and we can still be this and we can still be that. But we all come together in this oneness. You may see the same formulation in this revived Roman Empire that you saw in the first one. But again, I think this just identifies exactly what we said. We're watching the Bible take place before our very eyes. Speaking of the Antichrist, that world leader coming on the scene, and then his his sidekick, uh, they're in the sidecar, it's going to be a world leader, religious leader, uniting the world religiously. I think you're looking at the coming pope, and you're looking at whoever this guy that comes out of Europe is going to be. And I think what's also interesting, too, is the rhetoric that comes out of the Vatican regarding these issues. And regardless of where you stand on the validity uh, of any of these issues, right? 
here's what we need to recognize. We need to recognize that this is the Catholic Church that was founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ as Savior of the world. And instead of the Pope pointing people to the teachings of Jesus. Right. To save the world. To save the world. Okay. I mean, because let's let's forget about Savior at this point. Let's just talk about teachings because this is really the level he's at. He's not even talking about that. And here's what I find interesting in all of this. He is by promoting all of these for lack of a better term, social justice issues right. that you could probably categorize as social justice issues. Right. Um, he is removing the doctrine of even the Catholic Church. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's it's as exactly, flawed as it is. You're exactly right. And what I find interesting in that is that when he, he's removing God out of the Catholic Church, putting in that we are responsible to create a sovereignty of controlling the environment and oppression and all these things. And, and I'm not saying that, that those issues don't have a level of relevancy. But now with the void of God in that, if, this, if the Catholic Church is really leading us into that prophetic one-world religion, that is the perfect vacuum for the Antichrist to stand in and fill and declare that he is now God. That's right. Because God has not been preached. That's God right. has not been taught. There is no sovereign entity or being uh, or creator that has been touted in this one world religion. Yeah. It's all about Ben you at yeah, this point. And right. now this destruction of the world through the events of Ezekiel and whatnot are going to so shake the world that they, they really are going to call out and cry out for that savior, that leader that they were born to want to worship to begin with. And there he is. And you know, Greg, it's interesting because again, remember what they're saying is God's not able to save the planet. So we have right, to, we so have to, God can't save the planet. So man has to step in now and help God out. Is what the environmental movement really says. So when this world leader comes on, he's a man. So man will be coming in to save the planet with the help of the Catholic Church bringing all religions together to save the planet. We don't need God in heaven. We have man to do it. And then they're all going to be shocked when that man says that he's God yeah. as he's possessed by Satan at the mid-year point of the Great Tribulation. So, yeah, a great summation and yeah. right on. And now we're back to the regular and, and unprophetic articles. That was your prophetic <laughs> moment. The gift of prophecy operating. Now we're back to the uh, regular. Now, now we're back to the White House. Uh, this is from <laughs> Yahoo.com. That's uh, Yahoo in the South. That's Yahoo. Yahoo.com. Yes. yes uh, um, dated January 13th, the White House staff relocated after pro-Palestinian rioters, this is not a peaceful demonstration, damage anti-scale fencing and hurl objects at the police. It was mostly peaceful, though. Mostly peaceful. Throwing pieces of things. Well, no, that's what they always say. Oh, okay, things are in it's the mostly, background. Things are in the background burning, and they say it's mostly well, peaceful. Most, most protest- <laughs> <laughs> Anti-Israel protesters again. They gathered outside the White House on Saturday night with some demonstrations. Uh, demonstrators damaging and securing fencing and hurling objects at the police. The demonstrators were heard chanting "Cease fire now" and "Free free Palestine" um, and waving Palestinian flags. Yemen, Yemen, make us proud. Turn around, turn the ship around. <laughs> It's so corny. It was also recited demonstration hours after strikes were launched against the Houthis in uh, Yemen. During the demonstration near the White House complex on January 13, a portion of the anti-scale fencing that was erected for the event sustained temporary damage. 
The statement read, the issues were promptly repaired on site by U.S. Secretary, uh, I'm sorry, U.S. Secret Service support teams. U.S. Secretary of State came out and personally repaired <laughs> that fence. It was quite the feat of, 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 of humbleness. Well, they got a staffing problem. Yeah, no, anyway, but here's the bottom line, Greg. Look, this is, this is you know, this is where our nation is. We have to put fences around our leaders' homes, uh, and they're going to they're gonna tear the fence down. Look, look I, we need to protect our president. I don't care where you stand politically. Exactly. Our president needs to be protected, and these kind of things. Our need judges to be, need to be protected. This kind of writing yes. needs to be squashed. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, if you thought we couldn't get crazy enough, let's go out of this world. Yes. To find an expert from FoxNews.com. Not that he's from FoxNews.com, but this is reported on FoxNews.com. A UFO Revolution docu-series shows videos of jellyfish UAP, whatever that is, and blows up decades of conspiracies. Explain what this is all about. Yes, well, this is, again, decades of conspiracies. It says blows them up, introduces vital whistleblowers that have led to unprecedented action, unprecedented action by Congress and the Pentagon to find if there are extraterrestrial crafts threatening national security. This goes back to the UFO thing. They're looking for UFOs that now that they're saying they held all this evidence. And, Greg, there are really bizarre things. There's no doubt. It's either hidden technology or something demonic. We don't know. Jeremy Corbell, an an investigative journalist and documentary documentary filmmaker, I'm sorry, who featured a three-part series, said the whole project was a big risk to his safety. I'm really happy that this series was able to peel back a layer of mystery about the UFO subject uh, and what it takes to fight the truth uh, on this subject. I let them into my personal life so they can see what it's like and what it's like to do this kind of work uh, with the adversarial forces against you. People take big risks coming forward. He was His life was threatened just by coming out and bringing this out, he said. Uh, whistleblower David Grush testified in front of Congress and under oath that his life was threatened when he came forward about this. Uh, the videos, again vetted, uh, were shown to the public. The UAPs stand for Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena. Um, it's the new word. Instead of using UFOs, for some reason, they're switching to UAP. And, Greg, I heard that UAPs can be man-made. Mm. And so the government switched it to UAPs without saying that it was still not UFOs. So it's almost like they're saying, we might know what it is, but we're not going to say this is a UAP, <laughs> etc. Now, Now, with that said, it's, it, it very well could just be our technology that, that is advanced. Or yeah. if it, anything else, it could be something demonic that, again, has been opened up in this whole portals they say they're messing with you know that could be demonic we don't know but i think it's going to be used in deception in the last days and maybe even as we've talked about before in relation to the rapture of the church that these uaps or ufos have taken certain people off the planet blah 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 whatever the case might be but once again greg you see this whole thing it's getting weirder and weirder and hang on it's going to get worse as we get closer to the lord's return yeah all right let's squeeze in some good news for the time we've got left this is from christianheadlines.com dated january 12th kentucky teen copies a TikTok trend to start a prayer wall at school. Please explain. Yes, he said, our school, along with other middle schools, have struggled with suicide. Sophie Jones, who attends Whitley County High, uh, told this WKY-TV, and a lot of people struggle with their mental health. According to the Faith Wire, Jones started the prayer wall after watching a popular trend on TikTok. She said the walls were created to help spread God's word and provide encouragement to others. This is great. She shared that most Bible verses on sticky notes inside the girl's bathroom wall helped her personally. God save me, she told the local news outlet. People can just write down a Bible verse, or like Jesus loves you, for example, and you can either take it with you if you want to keep it as a note or repost it or repost uh, other ones, she explained. They can take the verse and say they want to read it, or we do have Chromebooks at school so you can uh, you know, Google the verse. 
I've put up in every bathroom a prayer sink, a wall, a mirror. People can write a Bible quote, a message, or prayer in each spot. I hope to spread this across more schools, and I hope people understand just how much Jesus loves you. This is a bold teen. God bless this this young teen here in Kentucky and, 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 and the lives that it's changing and affecting. It's amazing, Greg, just what a verse... A word of encouragement. The word of God is alive and breathing sharper than any two-edged sword. Yeah. And the, and just, it can bring people into the kingdom. A verse can lead someone to salvation. A verse can lead someone to encouragement. Just knowing that Jesus loves you. And really this comes back to something we mentioned earlier in the show. People need to know Jesus loves them. And I want our mm-hmm. listeners to know today, Jesus loves you. Obviously, if you're a believer, you know he loves you. But even if you're listening and you're an unbeliever right now, you've never given your life to Christ. You need to know Jesus loves you. He loves you exactly, you know, it, whether you're a sinner or not, He loves you. He wants you to repent of your sin, but He loves you. And if you'll confess your sin, ask Him to forgive you, believe He died for you on the cross, and receive Him as Lord, the Bible says you'll be saved, born again, and you have your place forever in the kingdom of God. I invite you, He invites you to do that today. Respond to the Spirit of God if He's talking to you right now. Yeah, Pastor Mark, thank you so much, folks. Thanks for joining us again for another week as we review the signs of the times. You can hit us up anytime at thewaymedia.net with your questions and listen to previous episodes and we'll be back uh, next time uh, for more signs of the times right here on WIAM.